सोनिया सहजवानी सोनिया सहजवानी इज द ऑथर ऑफ थ्री सक्सेसफुल बुक्स नेमली योर्स लीगली रिलीज इन 2019, बेबी ऑन बोर्ड 2019 एंड आपकी सिया एलएलबी 2020 इन हिंदी जैकलिंग द रोल्स ऑफ अ फुल टाइम एम्प्लॉय a mother a homemaker and author of several books writing being her passion becoming an author was her childhood dream sonia is not only contributing to the law department of the corporation through her work and ideas but also inspiring colleagues employees and society at large with her books and writings and many readers have been heavily inspired to even take up law after reading her debut book her books and various online sessions or interviews etc are motivating employees students particularly women employees to balance a work and personal life to pursue their dreams and passion and to give 100% to their job as well Her books and feeds have been featured in various literary festivals and won her several accolades and feeds. Her life journey has also been featured in a recently released Bio Panorama book, Shining Divas of 2020, published by Literoma, a Kolkata-based book publisher and promoter in first of its kind book containing biographies of six women achievers all across the country she has recently been featured among 51 influential indians published and released on 18 august 2021 by crazy tales a media company based in delhi She has been felicitated with prestigious Dr. Sarojini Naidu International Award for Working Woman 2020 by Asian Academy of Arts in association with International Women's Film Forum during the Global Literary Festival held in Noida in September 2020 for contribution to the country through her writing. Also bestowed with best author award 2020 by 101 women's conclave awards organized by crazy tales at constitution club of india in january 2021 one best writer jury award by indian literary awards 2020 for baby on board and literoma rising star award and nari samman award Women of Substance Award 2020 Preface No matter what your gender, caste, color, religion, race and location is I'm truly glad and thankful you have chosen this book Though I cannot know and say for sure you will read till its last page but I earnestly and sincerely hope that you do The fact that you picked up this book over hundreds of other titles out there on pregnancy motherhood and luckily those few on fatherhood now by foreign and indian authors both makes me immensely happy and motivated And in case you are a male 
kudos to you for taking this bold and positive step though i must add here that such a step should have been taken a long time ago especially in our society where pregnancy is more or less associated with the female counterpart the famous lines being i'm pregnant or the man confirming yes she is expecting this book is as much for the father to be than it is for the mother and i honestly hope as a couple both of you spend at least some time together in giving it a read now what should you expect from this book no diet plans no fitness mantras no technical and complicated suggestions or procedures to follow rather this book contains some few simple steps ideas and practices i followed and implemented which made a huge difference in making my journey an awesome one so whether you're expecting were expecting at some point in your life or planning a family or totally fear this process like me do give it a read for the first timers i hope it helps you guides you and inspires you to experience this phase at least once in your lifetime and for the others i hope it gives you a fresh take and a different perspective on this journey who knows it may motivate you to experience it all over again without wasting any more time i hope you my reader will enjoy this as much as i enjoyed writing this disclaimer please read this book and implement any idea suggestion method or practice only after consulting your doctor or only after listening to your own body first the author is neither a medical practitioner nor any expert in this field the book is solely based upon research done by the author herself before during and after her pregnancy and the author's own personal experiences let me say each human is different and each body is unique while something may have worked for me it may or may not work for you any couple is truly blessed and privileged to experience this phase and i firmly believe nothing should be taken lightly and one must always remain vigilant please listen to your own body mind and soul and do what suits you best definitely after discussing with your partner and doctor first and if my reader is the father to be i hope you totally hear your partner out patiently and only make her do what she actually wishes to do Chapter 1 The story behind the story Date 11th July 2018 Day Wednesday Time 7 AM I got ready in my lucky blue dress to be admitted at Fortis Hospital Mohalli for my C-section. which was finally planned a day before after the last ultrasound 
amidst the never-ending wait for being called in OT, Operation Theatre, since there were four other C-sections scheduled for the same day, I tried to divert my mind by chatting with my hubby and few of my close friends taking selfies. Trust me, I am not exaggerating. Or watching some old movies on the TV. However, despite so much to keep my mind occupied, each minute then seemed like eternity. Sitting in the IPD room, waiting for being called for my turn, I looked back at the months gone by and my entire journey. 2.54pm Congratulations! It's a baby boy! I heard a familiar voice say something loud. Time of birth, 2.54pm. The same voice echoed in the room again. Amidst the noise, the chaos, the sound of the machines, the hustle-buzzle of the people, the BP machine on my right, the tears shedding incessantly from my eyes, I heard these words from my gynecologist come surgeon, who had come just 15 minutes back to deliver the baby. The past 15 minutes were rather airy and weird. After being injected with epidurals and some random injections, with my lower part absolutely numb, and my hands also rested on both sides held firmly by attendants, I absolutely wanted to leave that room right then. I felt choked, congested, cramped and held up, almost like a hostage at one point in time. For the first time, I have shared my true feelings, that too, to the world. And believe me, I felt all this and much more. Though the only solace was that besides the pain of epidural, which barely lasted few seconds, I was not feeling any pain as such. But the entire scheme of things was not something I had planned or the way I had visualized. Man, they just don't prepare you for this, was what I kept muttering to myself again and again. I recalled my yoga sessions, the breathing techniques, the dance class, the articles I read, but all seemed in vain. I ended up chanting the Hanuman Chalisa, but nothing came to my rescue. And to help alleviate my weird and somewhat helpless situation. I was in there for almost 35 minutes and there was no sign of the baby. The fact that the doctors and staff were friendly and cooperative was simply not helping. What's taking so long? I wondered. Wasn't an operation supposed to get over sooner than this? I amused. I desperately asked for my husband as they had promised he would be allowed inside at the time of delivery. But I was told to wait for another five minutes before he would be making his much-awaited entry. Just then, my gynecologist entered with her usual smile and her first words were, Okay, Sonia, are you ready? Let's do this.
Seeing her and hearing her did ease my nerves a bit. Someone familiar was finally around me, I thought. She started with the operation and due to the injections, all I felt was some sort of strong force trying to pull something out of my bulging stomach. All this while, she tried to make some friendly banter and also told me that my baby was breached due to the unusual shape of my uterus. She also stated right then that lest I choose to have a baby again in future, it was going to be definitely born via a C-section only. The fact that this conversation was happening while I was undergoing my first C-section was rather amusing and funny as well. There went my plans for a normal delivery for a toss. Not that I had any plans for another baby anytime in the future. I am done with one forever, I told myself again. They then spoke some medical jargon which sounded alien to me. And by that time, my husband and partner in crime finally entered the room. Clad in hospital clothes, he looked unrecognizable and at first, but of course, I knew it had to be him. For reasons unknown to me, even till date, I had begun to cry before even my baby was born. I was crying the moment the operation had begun, though I was answering my surgeon and cooperating with the attendants and had stopped feeling scared after a point of time. But somehow I kept crying. I'm sure it happens to a lot of us and it might have happened to some of you reading my book as well. Trust me, it's normal. But it all felt surreal, like a dream coming true, like a movie reaching its climax, like the result of an exam being announced. I saw my hubby once again and for the first time in the past 45 minutes, breathed a sigh of relief. Congratulations, it's a baby boy. Ma'am, it's a what? I retorted, almost shouted back as amidst the chaos I was unable to hear what she had spoken properly. A baby boy, Sonia? Within a minute after cleaning the baby, as is usually advised, they placed the baby, my boy, Suhan, on my chest. The name was pre-decided by us. After exploring a lot of options and in case of a girl, it had to be Sia. I still cannot forget that moment, that beautiful face, those tiny little confused eyes looking right back at me. While I was shedding buckets of tears, Suhan was unusually quiet at that moment. I looked at my right towards my partner and he was crying too. The nine months of struggle, the endless visits to the doctors, hospitals, various checkups and ultrasounds, second and third opinions, exercises, reading incessantly regarding parenting, 
was all for this little bundle of joy. I used to wonder what was the hype regarding having a baby. Was my life not complete without one? Why did people go to temples at far off places to pray for one? Why did couples undergo so many medical treatments just to have a child? The fact is and as my friends used to say we don't value it much as we are lucky enough to get it much more easily than others but trust me it's worth the wait the pain and the effort and while i looked at sohan again at what we had just created the life in front of me it was right then at that moment in the hospital room that the idea to pen down this book was conceived chapter 3 a healthy body is equal to pro consumption body and it applies to you both let me start with the basics these days fitness and being health conscious seems to be on everyone's mind while many amongst us are hitting the gym and posting selfies on instagram and other social media every other day there are those few who are dead serious about being fit and take their health very very seriously to all those of you out there i salute you it's not just about picking some form of exercise or hitting the gym it's about exercising both your physical body and your mind as well you might be thinking what is the correlation between exercising and pregnancy well believe me it is directly and proportionately related The chances of you getting pregnant easily without complications are directly proportional to how agile, healthy and fit your body and mind is. And this applies more to the male counterpart as much as it does to the mother to be. I have read umpteen articles and blogs on this and until I experienced it myself I also did not believe in this theory much. Unfortunately, with our modern sedentary lifestyles, we all know the increasing number of couples who are visiting fertility and IVF clinics. Sign, they are unable to conceive the natural way. Sad, but true. And we... and no one but we ourselves are to be blamed for it what we eat how we live what we do the entire day has a direct bearing on our ability to conceive and i'm using the word we again and again as it takes two to tango right 
So let's not just concentrate on only the woman as planning a child and a family is definitely a two-way street and the father-to-be has an equal role to play in this movie. While I was always calculative and an extreme planner, in my mind I had already chosen 2018 as the year I am going to enter motherhood, if ever I do. Talk about me having a superstitious streak. My birth date is 18th, hence the year 2018. But I was sure I needed to give my marriage at least, if not more, four years until I entered the next phase. Once me and my partner finally made the call that we are going to try to make the transition towards becoming parents and will plan to conceive by the later end of the year, the first thing we did was to join a gym in the month of February 2018. You must be wondering, so much planning and effort? Does it even happen in real life? Aren't babies supposed to come the way they want and when they want? Maybe yes and uh, maybe no. You can also decide the same. I would like to believe that you can and you definitely can work in advance and plan at least an approximate month or perhaps a three-month window period and a suitable time of the year wherein you want your baby to be born. This idea to plan the time of the year is also critical as personally for me. I wanted a summer baby. I did not want to get admitted to the hospital during winters and bear the pain of injections in that season period. Moreover, I knew it was and would be more troublesome to take care of a newborn in the peak winters of North India. So I simply preferred my baby to be born around July, September. So I planned my conception that way. One of my colleagues in office also advised me that having spent initial few months of pregnancy in winter period will be helpful as one tends to be hungrier in this season and I might end up eating heavy nutritious food as compared to these scorching summers where I might just lose my appetite at all. Hence, I did all calculations in my mind. And to make it a smooth process, I highly recommend you to start working towards it months earlier before the actual phase begins. What I mean to say from the above is that since I had planned to conceive around October-November, I gave me and my partner a six-month window in which to detoxify our bodies from almost zero amount of alcohol in our system and to prepare our respective bodies for our baby to come. Now, each person's choices, likes and dislikes are different and unique. I would suggest follow and do what your heart says. For someone, it could be joining a yoga 
or aerobic class which is all the more awesome for others it could be developing a morning or evening ritual of a walk in the park for some it could also be joining dance or salsa classes or even swimming for that matter for us it was hitting the gym because let's just say it more than my partner i had an obsession to join it for the longest time it completely depends on you what you wish to do and what makes you happy but the idea is to one build and develop a routine two have minimum 30 to 40 minutes of physical activity each day three to keep a check on our food and drinking habits as what you eat affects almost every other thing related to pregnancy it's also said that a couple must avoid consumption of alcohol few months before planning to conceive four rid your body of the excess of weight and fat that fatty liver the borderline cholesterol the lethargy and laziness which becomes a part of our routine as we go from home to work and back and finally 5 get a chance to bond with your partner amidst the web called life we get entangled in on a daily basis to keep it short and sweet and talking out of my own personal experiences i would say that having a daily physical activity especially accompanied with some amount of weight and muscle training definitely made me and my partner healthy agile fresh rejuvenated and helped develop a positive outlook towards life in general the 6 months from february to july 2017 were like a preparatory phase wherein we refreshed our body mind and soul for welcoming the new life which especially was going to keep inside me for the coming 9 months no when to leave while joining some form of activity as stated above was critical in my opinion even more pertinent was to leave it at the right time i was also aware that once you start trying to conceive you must stop doing certain kind of exercises in particular however to be on a safer side i decided to let go of my gym routine by august 2017 wherein i felt was the right time to start planning a baby i never stopped exercising but i turned it into a milder form of physical activity in the form of walks and dance and avoided strenuous weightlifting and training and i felt it worked for us as we conceived our first baby right by october end almost the way i had planned with the tentative due date as july end though i initially wanted a august born baby but my happiness knew no bonds when i got to know that i might just be having a cancerian or leo baby 
the superstitious me. My baby was thoroughly planned and it worked for me. If it worked for me, I truly believe it can work for anyone else too. I would definitely suggest you to consult your a doctor, a gynecologist before taking this call. Do what works for you both. But keep in mind that a healthy body was, is and remains a pro-consumption body. Chapter 4 A well-read couple is equal to a happily pregnant couple. There is always an ongoing debate on the pros and cons of technology. Whether this digital revolution is a boon or a bane, so on and so forth. With social media eating up our lives and with the dire and ominous need to tell people what we are doing each moment of the day, becoming an integral part of our survival, technology, to most of us and our relationships has become more of a pain than a boon. As they say, too much of everything is bad, right? What better example for this than the fact that thanks to this new boom, most of us have simply forgotten the beautiful and wonderful habit of reading. Yes, I want to talk about my second love after writing, which is reading. Something so very essential for the all-round development of all age groups from the young to the old. Be it books, articles, magazines, ebooks, or newspapers, it is famously said that reading is to the mind what food is to the body. And I truly believe it holds true even to this day. Now, why is my current chapter related to simple common habit of a reading? It is because this habit has become extremely uncommon even among the educated classes these days. And believe me, it has a huge and powerful impact on pregnancy. It's pre and post phase and I aim to tell you why in the coming few pages. We all have our notions, assumptions, preconceived ideas about getting pregnant, the do's, the don'ts, most of which has been passed on to us from generations. From our grandparents to the movies, from the old tales to the customs and common superstitions, there are umpteen sources. The biggest mistake, according to me, which any couple makes is simply being unaware and choosing to remain so. And I fail to understand why. Most of us these days are well-educated, at least a graduate if not more, with decent jobs and good pay packages. We have access to almost anything and everything online, but somehow we are not striving to be well-read. This chapter is though dedicated to both the man and the woman, but wish to target the women more as under any given circumstances, 
she needs to be more mentally prepared for the new phase to come so ladies why and may i know why are you so lazy enough not to read up on pregnancy on your own and simply wish to depend on hearsay change is the only constant in life and though the process of having a baby remains almost the same i honestly feel the approach and outlook towards it has changed manifold over the years with the advent of technology and increased medical facilities it is not such a painful and cumbersome process as it is assumed to be it is also supposed to be a life altering phase of for a couple particularly for the female and should be enjoyed as much as possible isn't it so of course it comes with its risks and complications and sometimes unavoidable procedures but if handled well it can be dealt within a much comfortable way and not necessarily always with a fear why are we supposed to follow the age old practices the myths and surmises and conjectures which were so common decades ago and which seem not so relevant anymore why are we supposed to treat it as some form of a disease and wait for its varying symptoms to appear before us from time to time why are we supposed to become bedridden and avoid going out or even climb stairs unless forbidden by our doctor himself or herself and most importantly why are we required to hide such a good news from the rest of the world to answer the above we just need to be more and more self aware and well read while in the first chapter i aimed towards talking about the importance of being physically prepared in this one i highly recommend you to prepare yourself mentally and i urge the ladies out there instead of blindly following whatever your mother or mother-in-law or your other near and dear ones tell you please make yourself aware on anything and everything related to pregnancy trust me it's worth it and to the man why do you take it as only a woman's job to buy those books on pregnancy to search those articles on the internet she is going to carry the life inside her for the next 9 months isn't it humongous task in itself she is going to go through so many changes every single day why don't you support her and guide her through the entire process by not treating it as only a female's domain and getting yourself equally involved in it i strongly believe that a well read and knowledgeable couple can deal with this entire phase until after the delivery in a much more pragmatic and practical way the biggest problem as per me in our so called patriarchal society is 
we underestimate our men completely really it is the harsh truth at the cost of sounding anti-feminist i wish to say that while we need our men to support us all the time we somehow do not tend to lean on them at this stage in our lives or we are brainwashed to feel they are just not competent enough to handle anything related to babies somehow i sometimes wonder it is an area which is left untouched by our elders as they perhaps have too much confidence in their children somehow the elders don't feel the need to groom or educate their male child equally about pregnancy motherhood and fatherhood so much so that the moment the news of the lady becoming pregnant is announced it becomes imperative for the mother or the sister or the mother-in-law or even the sister-in-law to now remain there for the pregnant female till and mostly after the delivery but what about the partner who was an equal participant in the act what's his job and role now we simply sideline him as if his job is done and now he is no more required i have seen at most times that the men are also happy enough to let the ladies take over and the mother to be also somehow tends to rely more upon her own gender either the men are too comfortable to let their own mother or the wife's mother take over or they are simply not sure they can handle this one on their own the reason they seriously don't know much about this process at the first place i blatantly and vehemently despise this and reject this whole theory you and your partner together can sail through this process till the very end and even beyond trust me trust your partner and give him a chance but for that you both need to undertake this journey together and educate yourself about what lies ahead and be updated all the time and i can confidently say this that you can go through the entire process rather happily without having the need for any elder member at my home at any given point in time in case your partner is not much of a reader like mine then you can take charge and while you make the effort and read up on motherhood and fatherhood make it a point to share each and every trivial detail with your hubby on a daily basis if not both at least one of you needs to become the reader and the other the patient listener if both love to research and read nothing like it but one of you definitely has to take the lead here and clear all your doubts and suspicions on anything related to this wonderful phase from techniques to get pregnant easily and faster to checking the ovulation dates the fertile periods to the actual pregnancy phase you have it all 
from the various precautions to take in each trimester to the diverse foods and drinks to eat and not to eat, the list is endless. Not to forget the various activities one must do and one must rather not do to finally preparing for the D-Day, that is Labor Day. I don't think there is any topic you cannot read upon and if I left any topic unattended. It's ironical that while almost anyone and everyone has some advice to give you from avoiding raw papaya to not bending down in the initial time, from not running or walking fast to eating for the two of you, almost no one tells you the stuff which you really wished someone guided you about. For example, no one ever told me the benefits of sleeping on the left side of the bed during pregnancy. Something which my own doctor suggested to me and later I read it up online as well. The fact that the blood supply to the baby and the nutrient supply goes down well if you sleep on the left side as compared to sleeping straight or on your right side is something which should be commonly known, right? And it is such a critical piece of information that I made it a point to guide the help cook in my home as well when subsequently she was expecting. And had I not read about it, I had never known about it and I never gave up. So even though it takes time and tires you, you must not give up either. If you feel rather demotivated to be occupying your mind into so much of information overload, take it as a challenge. Treat it as if you are pursuing a course on pregnancy and its complementary concepts. Consider you are learning a new language. Similarly, consider you are now gaining knowledge on a field and domain till now unfamiliar to you. And believe me, all you need is to prioritize your routine and take out only some amount of time devoted to it. You can read early morning, sometimes in between your office breaks or late night preferably with your partner. In case where you have been advised bed rest during certain period in your pregnancy, take it as a blessing in disguise and utilize that time to rather learn more and more about not just the nine months but also on what lies ahead, the after delivery phase. The result? You will be simply and definitely much more self-reliant, independent and without a doubt better prepared physically and more than that mentally as well. I was. Believe me, it makes all the difference. Chapter 5 The right gynecologist or gyne Choose wisely and don't compromise. Now that we have crossed the pre- and post-conception phase and have begun to physically and mentally prepare ourselves for the journey ahead, let us come to making the first critical choice 
to make this experience all the more memorable and comfortable choosing your gynecologist for most females our gyn in all probability a female one remains our whole and sole companion as we enter this new stage in our life and sometimes selecting the right doctor becomes a herculean task as selecting your life partner would have been at one point in time for me at least it was and i'm sure we all visit umpteen number of doctors and hospitals before we finally select the one who would be our guide and mentor for this new phase more often than not it will be your guide and not even your partner or your parent or your in-laws with whom you are going to confide in all your doubts your suspicions your anxieties your deepest fears of the entire process particularly regarding the pains and the contractions it will she who is going to listen to you patiently hopefully as you rant on about your mood swings diet weight concerns and your other endless issues hence it becomes all the more imperative that in this choice you and by you i mean you the one carrying the life inside you the mother to be makes the decision on your own barring all biases and influences of course in our society the bias was is and remains towards an elderly female doctor who is so called highly experienced and by experienced our family members simply mean experience of being and looking old and hence being wiser it's simply right as the doctor is aged she definitely must have been witness to all sorts of easy and complicated pregnancies and would be the best bet for any pregnant woman correct i wish it was show your parents or in-laws a picture of those modern day doctors who are smart well dressed and most importantly young and out shall come the series of comments this lady are you sure is she experienced enough to deal with pregnancy conditions will she be able to handle in case any complication arises tell them further that your gynecologist is letting you climb the stairs do routine work travel by train or flight even in your second or third trimester and not to forget allows you to drive and my gosh everyone goes into a permanent state of shock been there seen that i'm sure many of you have and for those of you who have not have patience your time will come i'm sure a lot of us who have already gone through this phase or currently going through one would have faced such comments and sarcasm at our time and it's obvious right let's not blame our elders they simply are trying to be overly protective and concerned for us and wish the best for us really 
it is an altogether different story that in their time they worked in farms and villages many a time delivered babies at homes itself worked and toiled hard till one day before the baby popped out they went to the hospital on a two wheeler or an auto rickshaw but alas those were their times when it comes to this generation if we even remotely try to imitate the same or our young and smart looking doctors advise us as to continue our routines we are deemed fools and overly confident what an irony but such is life itself my aim of stating all of the above is that while it is completely understandable to listen to everyone's advices and opinions when it comes to choosing the right gynecologist it's you who should make the final call after first meeting a few of them of course if you are really sure of the lady without exploring further options good for you but always remember while it is easy to follow someone else's trajectory for example your friend or acquaintance's doctor was so chilled out and relaxed and that makes you also opt for her well wait hold on you need to remember that each person and pregnancy situation is different and unique and while that particular gain might have been easy on your friend or known one it might not be the same for you meet the doctor yourself discuss your feelings and thoughts and only when you are satisfied that you are able to communicate well and openly with this person is when you take the final decision in my case Well, I had heard of few doctors in my city who were reputed and famous, but some of them were aged and were known to be hard taskmasters and sometimes rough and rude. The emotional person that I am, I was pretty sure I was not going to go for the ones who were rough in tone. For someone who was already suffering from so many fears in her mind, I could not afford to choose a doctor for the first 9 months who would not even try to be a friend to me and here I need to openly and publicly thank my colleague and friend Miss Anita Rani madam for referring a doctor to me who was the second one I went to one meeting with her and I was sure that she was going to be the one Thank you ma'am because you have no idea how much difference your advice made to me and my life The reason not because she was young and smart and came across as bold and confident <laughs> Yes all of the above did make the first best impression not just on me but my hubby as well who am i kidding but more so as during my first and second visit to her i always found an enchanting smile on her face she made me feel comfortable she really heard me out and gave me an equal chance to say my mind always a mother of two kids herself she came across as completely positive about this whole process 
with an it's not such a big deal attitude written right across her face and her words and more so because in my first meeting itself the most important thing she told me was sonia you are normal you were normal and you will remain normal in the coming months to come just go on doing whatever it is you are doing lead your life the way you are and just be a bit safe trust me those words marked the beginning of the entire transformation which came inside my body and my mind regarding this whole journey whenever any issue occurred during my pregnancy which i considered trivial or sometimes major she with her usual smile and positivity simply would guide me and advise me and would end by saying don't worry it's fine there was a point in my pregnancy when i was not feeling any nausea vomiting first trimester sickness symptoms so called and at one point i even doubted whether i was still pregnant or not trust me it happens to this and more she would smile and say sonia it's fine rather you are lucky you are having a smooth first trimester enjoy it in fact it was me who staying on the third floor was hesitant and anxious to climb the stairs in the initial few weeks and feared miscarriage or any other complication but to this she outrightly denied advising me bed rest or to avoid stairs as she stated it was against her hospital and her policy unless the patient was unable to climb due to her medical condition she always told me that i was fine and fit enough to be climbing the flight of stairs not once but even twice and thrice and that it was a myth that pregnancy meant sitting on the bed and doing nothing unless there was any complication i remember even during the final trimester it was only after the 34th or 35th week that she finally told me to avoid stairs if possible she did not even tell me the same during the 8th month which was termed too critical for risk of having a premature baby it was awkward as my colleagues in office would advise me to walk slowly to avoid stairs to take each step too cautiously and here i was walking away to glory to everyone's surprise and it would take me a while to explain to them that my own doctor has advised me to do so trust me you're going to face all this and more too the best advice i can give you is that i listened to all but did what i felt in my mind was right i went for a gyne which i felt suited my personality my nature my liking and who would be like a friend like a sister to me and not just a doctor and believe me it drastically altered my entire outlook 
and approach from day one itself. Choose your gynecologist wisely. It makes a hell lot of a difference. Chapter 6 Forget trimesters. Take each day or week as it comes. Let's now come to the famous nine months. To my utter surprise, from the day I started visiting my doctor, she referred to the time and days gone as four weeks plus, six weeks plus, etc. The age-old and always heard concept of dividing the entire phase into first, second and third trimester and hence into months was something which my doctor never ever mentioned to me. At first, I was quite amused and alarmed when my gynecologist stated that they do not count the days passed by in pregnancy in the form of months, but treat them week by week. But soon, I found this entire phenomenon quite convenient and helpful as well. She rejected the idea of trimesters blatantly on my face and told me it was a passé. It took me some time to digest the new information. I had heard and absorbed it into my system as it made me question everything. I had known and heard and seen about those nine months until now. I went home and opened Google Play Store and thought to download a decent widely used app on pregnancy. I randomly selected the first result which came by and was surprised to know it was a week-by-week -week pregnancy tracker as well. With absolutely no hopes and expectations from a mere Android app, I opened it and entered my necessary details, only to be shocked upon seeing a detailed account of my entire pregnancy date's history with elaborate details on the size of my baby as of then. From how he or she looks to how she is placed inside my womb to the daily movements and activities. From how I am feeling this week to what I would be experiencing in the week to come. From what foods are good for me at that stage to what are the nutrients essential for my growth and my baby's health, this app had covered it all. It shocked me. And trust me, it was for the first time I felt deeply connected to my own body after the stuff I had just finished reading. I recall I would have been approximately six to seven weeks pregnant by the time I downloaded this amazing app and by the time I was made absolutely clear that I was to treat my pregnancy almost each day as it comes. No longer was I in my first trimester. I shed off those notions and thoughts from my mind pretty soon that I had imagined. Currently, I was in week 7 and my whole and sole focus was on that week in question. Trust me, it gave me an altogether fresh and new perspective on this entire process 
and i cannot thank the doctors enough for actually rejecting the old and redundant theories and concepts so coming back to the weak theory there i decided that i am going to treat my coming time on a weekly basis and would not even remotely feel or imagine i am in my first trimester thankfully i was not having the so called common experience of nausea morning sickness vomiting and the likes that helped a lot in dealing the initial phase well there is another angle to it i realized soon enough that puking like hell in the first trimester was not so mandatory as it had been made out to be i woke up ate my king size breakfast went to office had my usual teas and lemon waters had lunch had snacks and even had my dinner the way i used to do early on barring one to two occasions when i threw up in office post lunch perhaps finally i could proudly say i also experienced the usual symptoms i was mostly and most importantly normal here i want to thank my gynecologist again as it was she who told me clearly in the beginning itself that it was not necessary to feel anything unusual airy or awkward just because you're pregnant and that you did not need to look out for symptoms as if your pregnancy was a disease true that i went about my usual chores at home climbed down three floors of stairs walked up and down in my office and in the evenings slowly but steadily climbed those three sets of stairs up my home as well i took each day as it came forgot it was my first trimester and erased the fear of the first 3 months from my mind instantly and trust me i was as normal as i could be and i could feel thanks to the pregnancy app i was constantly aware of what is going inside my body on a day to day basis from what changes and transformations were happening inside to what i may possibly feel in the days to come all this braced me and prepared me really well for the days ahead another benefit of treating your pregnancy on a weekly basis is you are no longer surrounded by the myths of each trimester for example the first trimester is usually famous for its share of sicknesses and risks of miscarriages for the food allergies you might develop etc and one is told to be heavily cautious and extra careful the second trimester is known to be a tad easy and light as compared to the first one you are told you can travel by train road and flight in case you are in the second trimester that is 4 to 6 months of pregnancy as it's relatively safer period the last and final trimester is the mother of all trimesters wherein you are told you will feel just about everything as if your body is going to burst with the weight of the baby from heaviness down the uterus especially with the head coming and settling down swelling up of arms feet and the face as well 
frequent night urges to go to the loo, midnight food cravings, you have it all as the D day approaches. And uh, how can I forget the eighth month? Though I really don't wish to be reminded about it, to be honest. This month is usually associated with having the risk of producing a premature baby. And we are told to be extra, extra careful while doing anything as a mere negligence might have adverse consequences. Ironically, everyone but my own gynecologist scared the hell out of me while I approached the eight month. Trust me, it passed by smoothly. Now, why was I talking about trimesters here? Of course, all of the people and my near and dear ones were all being concerned and protective. But I feel I was able to go through all this and fight with the entire world and their endless sometimes unwanted advices simply because I never consider myself I was ever in any trimester. I was always in week 25 or 29, 31 or 32 or in week 37th just before my baby popped out. I tried to read in advance about the coming week so that I was well aware of the surprises it could bring my way. Instead of getting anxious of the entire so-called final and third trimester, I enjoyed my seventh and eighth month as well. And only at the fag end of my pregnancy, I took certain extra precautions like avoiding step, shifting to a lower floor, flat to avoid any last-minute complications. This also helped me formulate short-term goals and plans instead of thinking for the entire set of months. One must accept and acknowledge that your body is changing every single day. Each new day, you are going to feel something different and something which you did not experience the previous day. You cannot be the same for the entire three months of a trimester. Hence, I reject the idea and am heavily in favor of taking each day or each week as it comes. Also, there is absolutely no guarantee your second trimester would be easy on you. And on the other hand, even for someone, their last months could be really surprisingly smooth. It all depends on person to person, body to body, how you treat your body, your mind, what you eat and more importantly, what you think all the time. There is no fixed standard formula which can apply universally to all. But definitely you can trust me on the fact that the week by week or day by day theory is absolutely worth implementing. Chapter 7 Do not underestimate him. Involve him. I now come to my most favorite part of this book. The part which I loved visualizing and conceptualizing about and writing the most. Without a doubt, that is about him. Let me reiterate what I had stated earlier in this book. 
more often than not as seen amongst my own peers family acquaintances or be it via other forms of media somehow somewhere barring posing for baby showers and baby moon pics the father to be is unfortunately sidelined in fact i had already decided that i shall be writing this book keeping the male gender in mind as well i wished to write a book which both the partners would relate to and something which would not be only solely female centric while planning for the promotions for my book it was a deliberate endeavor to motivate the male friends boyfriends brothers fathers of pregnant daughters and the husbands and the fathers to be themselves what surprised me is that there were very few books in particular by indian authors on fatherhood offer fathers to be are they not responsible and an equal participant in this process agreed that technology has advanced too much these days but assuming the conventional method still remains common isn't the man's role too critical in bringing a new life into this world then why are most books published with titles related to mothers motherhood first time mommies mother and child and so on and so forth vouching by my own personal experience i strongly say that no one absolutely no one can be a better friend a better confidant or a better partner in helping you undertake this journey more smoothly happily and confidently than your own male partner ladies read the above line again no matter your mother or mother-in-law is your best friend no wonder you have sisters or female friends to your rescue all the time if you do not experience each little thing with your partner or your husband then you are missing out on major aspect of this pregnancy which you will regret later we all have heard our parents say to some of the couples who fight or argue a lot post few years in their marriage bachcha kar lo sab theek ho jayega have a child and everything will fall into place isn't it too common and almost like an age old myth if the above is true just assuming hypothetically then it means that the very purpose of a couple planning and deciding to have a baby is for the two of them to get a fresh chance to bond to come close to understand each other better and to support each other in this phase right then i wish to ask the ladies from the moment we get to know we are pregnant why do we many a times ignore the male counterparts so easily and immediately 
Why do we share each trivial detail with someone else? Why don't we trust them? Why do we visit the ultrasonic clinic? Why do we visit the ultrasound clinic or the gynecologist with someone elder or perhaps more mature or experienced, so to say? Though, I am being generalist and I am sure there are many out there who do look up to their husbands for everything and if you do, then kudos to you. Trust me, when I say this, no one, absolutely no one knows you better than your own partner. No one can understand you and your thoughts, feelings, experiences, emotions, issues in a more pragmatic manner than the one whom you love or who you have decided to have a child with. Believe me, as much as excited and elated you are on knowing you will become a mother, the man equally is. In fact, he may be much happier than you. But being a man is simply not showing. No man on this earth wants the lady to go through this phase alone, unless circumstances make him do otherwise. If only, and I repeat, if only you girls give the man a chance. If you simply trust him, believe in him, have faith that no matter how much a female-related issue it is, your man is going to understand it and do every possible thing to help you or offer you a solution. Life would be much easier and simpler for you. There is another angle to this tale. And here, I wish to tell the mothers and mother-in-laws a thing or two. Please have confidence in your own sons and son-in-laws. Just because he is a man or just because you have been there and done that, doesn't mean you can be a better support to the pregnant female? Of course, a good support system surrounded by the elders, friends, along with the husband would be of immense help to the mother-to-be. But I strongly feel, for most of the things, you have to trust the father as well. He is in this as much as you. After all, you both are having a baby together then. Why not make it about the two of you? He wishes to be in this as much as you want to. He is going to understand the nausea, the vomiting, the bladder which makes you pee often, your last night cravings, your mood swings, the labor pain, the breastfeeding complications and so on. Just give him time. He wants to know everything. And yes, as much as he can know about what you are going through. He is willing to visit and accompany you for each doctor visit. As much as his other engagements allow him to. 
he is willing to look up the internet or read books and articles on topics you wish to search on he wishes to take the labor preparation classes with you if only you ask him if only you make him an equal participant in this journey if only you give him a chance to be there for you to listen to you and let yourself open in front of him and if you feel your man is somehow not keen or willing to do this with you or has been conditioned in such a way that an elder could do you more good then you better push him you coerce him you convince him to do otherwise you do everything you can to make sure you make your mind clear to him that you want him in this and only him hold the very time believe me it will take your relation to another level if you are able to practice this in my case well i was heavily dependent on my partner for just about everything given the heavy researcher i was i would stay up late to read number of articles on everything related to pregnancy and then i would discuss with him endlessly until he would doze off to sleep since he is neither an avid reader nor someone who would take the first step in typing various keywords to look for answers to me endless doubts i made it a point to do the homework and at least made him sit down and hear me out i shared each trivial thing i read about i shared my doubts and my fears regarding the d day we debated whether we should try for a normal delivery or opt for a c section straight away we even did various activities together to try to turn our breech baby head up down the uterus from listening to songs putting the headphone on my tummy to doing certain yoga postures we did it all though my stubborn baby didn't turn at all but at least we had fun in this entire process which helped create some memories as well i told him we need to take lamezi classes together and he agreed i will talk about them in the subsequent chapter as well these are designed for couples like us and teaches the basics of how to deal with labor and taking care of mother and baby during and after delivery i have to say here that we took these classes as we approached the fag end of the pregnancy and they were extremely and really worth the time and money the one good thing in our team was that while i was the more hyper anxious one always having some or the other question query and doubt in my mind he was the more relaxed and easy going one it's always imperative to have one member being the relaxed one and one the more organized one it balances the team better 
He was always up for accompanying me in everything and supported me fully in whatever I wished to do. He promised to be there 24 bar 7 as much as possible and most importantly always made me feel that I am normal. If I wanted to drive, he always encouraged me. If I wanted to go out, he drove me out. If ever he was not able to visit the doctor with me, he convinced me I could manage alone. for a day he put so much faith in me and my ability to deal with this situation on my own that i became extremely confident about myself as the days and weeks passed that i could definitely do this without anyone around me as well the reason i am boasting here openly about my husband is that He is like any other first time father to be was initially completely blank spaced out and unaware about this entire process after all it was all new and latin for him right but i trusted him blindly and completely and made him confident that he could do this with me instead of relying upon myths and preconceived notions and listening to different and varied opinions and suggestions we took it upon ourselves as a challenge to deal with this new phase in our life on our own most importantly i reposed faith in my husband that it's him i want with me during these 9 months and i want him to be my mother my mother in law my sister and my best friend all in one it was a lot of pressure at first but once he knew he is going to be as much as in this as me he also became keen and curious to know everything related to the journey as much as any other female would wish to know Moral of the story Do not underestimate your partner make this about the two of you and you will cherish this journey for the rest of your life who knows you will end up falling in love with him all over again or perhaps finally for the first time Chapter 8 Yes you can dance and do so much more let's talk about perceptions once again as i delve into my second favorite part of this book the reason i have spoken a lot about notions and perceptions is because most of indian pregnancies are heavily governed influenced and dominated by our preconceived ideas myths and believes on what is supposedly right and what is not during this time if only we get this one thing right that is we first clear our minds from all such thoughts and perceptions is when we can actually begin to see a whole new dimension and ideology about this wonderful phase the reason i am stating the above is that 
I was no different. Like all others, the more I came closer to my conception time, the more fearful I became regarding remaining cautious and careful at each moment of the day and night. Everyone around you always told you one thing. Be careful. It became the jargon I heard every single day and while most of the time it irritated me, beyond a point, it started to amuse me. I simply got tired of listening to the scary stories my friends, family and even random people would narrate to me of females who had miscarriages due to some sort of negligent act on their part. From taking the steps to driving the car while in 8 months leading to early labor, from exercising too much to not sitting properly or even bending down properly, the stories were too many and too dramatic. Of course, they scared the hell out of me. Who would want to lose their baby after all and one would want to take each precaution possible, right? But come to think of it, all this only added to the negativity and the fear which was already inherently present in each female preparing to be a mother, including me. Instead of diminishing it, such incidents only aggravated it further. To clear all my doubts once and for all, during the end of my second trimester, I decided to listen to my gynecologist and signed up for the Lamezi classes being offered at my hospital by a certified trainer and lactation expert. The package which extended till the delivery date and even beyond if I wished to, Included yoga classes, labor, birth and breastfeeding preparation classes for the couple and one could also opt for food reflexology or full body massage sessions and customize the package as per your choice. I opted for an entire package which was to continue till one week before my due date. It even included a reflexology session to induce labor but that was something I was not sure of at that moment. So I kept it for hold. At first, I was wary of the yoga bit. Was I even allowed to stretch my body in unusual ways with my tummy bulging out? I used to wonder. But a visit to my new trainer one fine morning and it seemed my entire pregnancy got a diametrically opposite and contrasting direction. I got a hint. I was going to tread a new path altogether. I wasn't the only one. There were a bunch of pregnant females with me and while it gave me a chance to meet new people and make new friends, it also gave us an opportunity to share our fears and thoughts being at almost similar stages in our fascinating journey. While we have seen the likes of famous actresses do yoga postures and have a fit body post becoming a mommy, rarely have we seen anyone projecting the same while pregnant. We started with basic yogasanas and were told in detail as to what was the difference in regular yogasanas and the asanas to be done by us at this stage. It was an enriching experience. 
For example, during my first few visits to these classes itself, I realized the importance and power of the breath and why having a control on it was so critical to be able to sail through the labor period, especially in painful times. I will talk about breathing and perception of pain in the chapter ahead, but for now, I will focus on the other bit. Attending yoga classes not only made my body, my mind and my soul feel extremely fresh and rejuvenated, it also made me feel more connected to the life inside me in a unique way. The warm-up exercises would be usually followed up by yoga postures, particularly to strengthen the back, legs, inner thighs. I also asked my train to make us practice Kegel exercises, which I had read helped toughen the pelvic muscles, which helped during the contractions. The sessions were then followed by a relaxing meditation session, which worked wonders in soothing the tired body and making me one with my baby. Of course, the exercises were not universal. They were customized to suit everyone's health, body condition, pregnancy stage and comfort and ability to withstand pain. Our trainer took care of each and every factor mentioned above and made sure everyone was comfortable and most importantly was enjoying this one hour of their usually tough day. To my shock, amidst the soft and regular yoga activities, our trainer started to fix one day a week with exercise by way of dance. At first it amazed me. I had not danced in a while and for someone like me who loves to shake a leg, I had definitely missed it badly. But because of the fear ingrained in my mind, I had never had the courage to move to the sound of my favorite songs until I was standing in front of my trainer in these classes. While she urged us to follow her moves and pace up, a part of me was definitely hesitant and scared of what was I doing. Of course, this was not what females usually did while they were pregnant, right? They were supposed to sit at home, sit on bed with legs elevated with the help of a pillow, avoid cell phones and give rest to the body. Isn't it? I remembered the reactions I would get from my near and dear ones when I would tell them I had joined yoga classes and subsequently I also shot a video of me dancing and sent it across to them just for some fun. While few of them found it wonderful, some of them indirectly taunted and scolded me for being overconfident and bold, while others simply smiled away. But if you ask me to be candid about it, I loved it and I loved every bit of it. The fact that I was dancing with my baby inside me was something I cherish to this day. It gave me a feeling, a satisfaction and an immense form of positivity I cannot describe in words. I regretted that I should have joined and registered for these classes early on itself 
but perhaps back then i had somehow waited for my first trimester to get over so i could then focus completely on my body joining a group not only made me socially active it made me feel more positive about the entire process it also made me more fit and active to spend my hectic office routine much more comfortably the biggest gift my trainer gave me during this pregnancy is to change my and others mindset during these few classes itself of course you can and you should exercise you can and you must dance not only that if you like to dance you dance if you like to swim consult your doctor and you swim if you like to go running or cycling you do it if you like to do gymming you very well can do it it's us who have put these barriers and hindrances in our minds coupled with our loved ones who at the behest of caring for us do not let us enjoy this period to the hilt i was told to do a follow up of the yoga postures at home and whenever i got a chance i would do it be it in the morning or in the evening once i returned home from office since my baby was always in breech position we also tried various postures to help it turn one interesting way we tried which is also out there on the internet is to listen to music with big headphones put on the tummy for the baby to listen to since my baby head was mostly on the right side of my tummy i was told to put the headphones there and while the music was on to start moving the headphones down towards the end of my uterus statistics say that this is one of the ways in which a baby can turn its head upside down you must be wondering did it work for me well in the next visit to the gyne she did state that the head was down and i was ecstatic on knowing that my efforts reaped fruits only to be told in the next ultrasound that my stubborn baby was back where it liked to be in breech position however listening to the songs all this while was way more fun than i had imagined thanks to joining these classes i was much more aware about my body and my journey than before as i talked about earlier in the book it's basically all about becoming self aware which is critical as you embark upon this new journey whether you read a book or you search the internet or you join some classes the idea is to know well enough what you and your body is going through and how is it preparing for the baby to come into this world instead of simply sitting there and accepting information and trying to sort what's useful and what's not and using the trial and error method won't it be much more practical and enjoyable if you were involved in this form day 1 and step 1 itself 
Another critical thing to mention here is to once again listen to your body. Just because you are in your last trimester or in your important 7th to 8th month of pregnancy doesn't mean you cannot exercise or you cannot travel or you cannot dance. Also, just because that certain female is able to do that posture with so much ease doesn't mean your body will be able to stretch that much too. Listen to your body and what it is trying to say to you and never compare. Just remember, this pregnancy is about you, your partner and your baby. No matter what anyone says, you have every right to pamper and prepare your body in every way you can. More so for you the mother as you need to be extremely strong to be able to bear and handle what comes through in the coming months especially once the baby pops out. I still remember the words of a famous gynecologist in Chandigarh who told me rather curtly when I went to her in the month of July for a second opinion. Childbearing is not tough. But child-rearing is extremely tough. Trust me, it's 100% true. Of course, child-bearing is an extremely challenging task. But we can make it enjoyable and much more memorable if our approach to it becomes more positive and open. Yes, you can dance and do so much more only if you are open to it chapter 9 plan and prepare for the d day the d day aren't you thinking can we really plan for it what about the sudden water breaking or the unexpected labor pains and the unanticipated rush to the hospital with your panicky partner Isn't it how it is shown in the movies or heard from people in general? Of course, I also had the same notion. But the planner in me since childhood refused to believe that there was nothing one could be prepared for in advance for the D-Day. That is, the day you deliver. Now, there is a catch. If you're having a planned scheduled C-section then there is a lot you can prepare for in advance from the hospital checklist to you and your baby's hospital bag you can be ready and well equipped since you already know the date and day of your delivery in my case i was always under the assumption i was going to have a normal delivery and i channelized my entire energy and my thoughts into it it went on until the fag end when i realized I was going to now have a C-section which you could say was then scheduled 2 weeks before my due date which was initially 24th July but luckily I was full term and ready to give birth to a hopefully healthy baby or instead you could be in one of those situations wherein you are 34 weeks plus and your due date is nearby and you could go into labor anytime Most of the times these days 
the doctors tell a tentative date as to when we are likely to go into labor. They also tell you to distinguish false labor contractions from the real ones and advise you not to rush to the hospital at the first sign of a fake contraction. It might just be the body preparing yourself for the real one, they tell you. In some cases, the woman doesn't go into labor even past the due date and is then induced through injections to start the process. Now, no matter what your situation is among the above, no matter you are going to have a C-section or a normal delivery, no matter when or how it is going to happen, you can prepare for your D-day, even if you don't know the exact date yet. Let me divide my chapter into two parts. Prepare mentally, prepare physically. 1. Prepare mentally. Pain versus perception of pain. It's time to deal with the part we all dread and fear the most. It's the actual labor pain. The fact that it is itself termed as labor pain is what makes it all the more worse to even think about it. Why would anything that give us physical or mental pain attract us? As you know by now, it never attracted me. And yet, we go through this process because we focus on the end result, that is the baby. The joy of parenthood is supposed to surpass and bypass any sort of pain whatsoever. Isn't it so? It will be all over soon. Isn't it what everyone tells us all the time? But the worst and sad part of our Indian societal setup is no one, and I mean absolutely no one prepares you, neither mentally nor physically for the D-Day. While everyone has some advice or other to give you for the time before and after and even claim themselves to be parenting experts post-delivery, Somehow everyone remains mum when it comes to, in my opinion, the most critical part of women's pregnancy phase. That is, the time she delivers. I wish to thank those authors, in particular the famous female author whose book on pregnancy gave me the head start on knowing that I need to first stop perceiving the contractions as pain. Few pages of her book followed by numerous articles on the internet and readings shared by my Lamazi classes trainer helped me understand the difference between the contraction as pain and contractions as a natural organic process. During my Lamazi classes, we talked about the labor pain in detail. We all shared our fears, our feelings, our myths, our doubts and our insecurities regarding the same. There were many who simply wished to opt for C-section for the sheer fear of not being able to cope up with the pain a normal delivery entails. And I do not blame the woman for it at all. Such is the impression our society has created. While we give normal delivery all the pride and primacy it actually doesn't deserve, we also associate all the shouting, crying, howling and unbearable pain with it as well. Of course, one cannot deny that there won't be no pain. 
After all, a life weighing 2 to 3 kg is going to come out of your body. It cannot be a painless process, right? But rather than calling it as a pain, let's just say it is supposed to cause certain discomfort to your body. It is how we perceive the pain, how we learn to cope up with the pain is what makes all the difference. During these classes and later on while following it up with my own research, what I realized is that contractions are a natural mechanism of the body to prepare itself for the uterus to expand and contract for the baby to come out smoothly. During this phase, it's extremely important how relaxed and calm the lady is. The more anxious and stressed we are, the more it affects the blood circulation and the more it puts pressure on the mind and muscles on the body to perform the exercise. More the stress, more the pressure on the body and the mind which in turn results in contractions which we feel are causing us immense pain. The more we are mentally relaxed, the more we breathe deeply and properly, the easier it becomes on our body to perform the same contractions and which in the end becomes a much smoother ride than for a stressed out female. Of course, it all sounded good in theory while listening. I also wondered if I would be able to practice this in reality. Amidst the injections, the hospital room, the nurses and the doctors and the baby trying to push itself out, would I even have the patience to think of all this and try to implement it at that moment? This was what was often asked by most of us to our trainer since we all were unsure we would remember even an iota of all that we learned when the actual time came. With practice, with constant effort, you will, was what our trainer would reply. The biggest factor in this is to involve your partner or whosoever you wish to be with you during the labor period. I of course had chosen my husband, hence I attended the label preparation classes with him. It was amazing to know how much critical the role of the partner of the friend, mother, is in this phase and preparing him or her was an imperative as preparing the mother is what I realized then. However, unfortunately, we in our society do not place emphasis on this aspect at all. With the hospitals becoming more and more accommodating these days, with partners even being allowed in the delivery rooms, there is a lot to choose from. With ideas on having a hot shower bath while experiencing short or false Braxton Hicks contractions to listening to music to relax in the mind and muscles from different postures on the partner supporting the pregnant mother to rubbing the back of the female, there is a lot one can do to ease in the labor pain. Process if not eliminate the pain completely. The breathing techniques learned during yoga classes are to prepare oneself for breathing the right way at the right time. To make those contractions smoother and comfortable and bearable. Despite trying to know it all, absolutely no one can be fully prepared for every eventuality. I was also in one for few surprises itself before and after the operation. 
I never expected a team full of doctors, male and female, standing in front of me, dissecting my body while I lay there waiting to hear the first cry of my baby. Let me say, a female needs to definitely be more prepared for not just the pain during normal delivery, but also the pain contractions post C-sec operation. Because those two hours while your uterus tries to come back to its normal shape, do hurt as much. A class or two on breastfeeding and lactation will definitely be of an added help particularly taken with a partner because after delivery, even the thought of feeding causes a lot of pain to the mother. But one needs to know and believe that it is again the thought and the notion that it will be painful and those who advise you on immediately feeding your baby after delivery to reduce the pain, it's certainly true. While immediate may be virtually impossible given the time it takes for us to come back to our room from the recovery room, one must not delay further and try to start feeding as early on as possible. Feeding will in turn help a lot in just not bonding with the baby but in getting the uterus get back to shape sooner than before. The idea of the above example is to just give a glimpse of my point that it, it is how we look at pain is what makes all the difference. And I am repeating it for my readers to get it ingrained in their head. I will come back to it in my last chapter. In my opinion and from my personal experience, Everyone just tells you scary stories regarding the DD and no one tells you what will exactly happen. Hence, it's always better to be prepared on your own. 2. Prepare physically Packing those bags in advance? I am a planner and I think I have said it for the 10th time. And it is in my genes. I love the idea of surprises. But I need to know exactly who planned it and how and why and when, where in advance. I plan and organize everything, just about everything possible. Consider it as an OCD, an obsession. As for me, it just makes my life easier. At least I feel so. So no harm if you do some planning for your D-Day. Instead of leaving it up for the last day and making others to do the running around for you, right? Once you know that your due date is approaching, at least two weeks in advance, one can prepare a hospital checklist or obtain one online or from friends or from the doctor itself and start shopping. We all love shopping, don't we? I, for one, hate browsing shops and window shopping, so to say. If possible, I would just let my sister and my mother do all the shopping for me, which they still do, by the way, and it still suits me. But for my kiddo, I went overboard. Not to forget, another famous notion that we were not supposed to buy in advance for the baby, as it is considered taboo and superstition. And an upshakun? Okay, not agreed, but for the sake of respecting my elders, point simply taken. So if you are not allowed to shop for your baby, then beg, borrow, steal. But get that bag prepared for you and your baby. Buy your maternity clothes, your toiletries, pack your extra creams, towels, slippers, dresses. More than you, pack 
every possible necessary item for your baby. From newborn sets of clothes to wrap sheets, swaddle sheets, from diapers, nappies, bibs, wipes, towels, mittens, caps, socks, sweater if winters, to feed bottle, pump if needed. Check that list and make a separate bag for that baby. Most importantly, give the duty of the bag to someone else, anyone else than you. Because, trust me, post-delivery you will definitely not be in the right frame of mind to even speak to anyone. Forget looking for items in that bag which you very lovingly packed. Explain all the items to your partner or the relative. Tell him or her where what is placed in the bag and the purpose of each item. If bibs and wipes and mittens sounds alien to them, just tell them the function of each one of them in the language they understand. There is no time for sounding fancy at this stage, right? The baby needs to be attended to properly and that is the sole aim. Considering I love packing and unpacking and despite knowing I was not going into labor anytime soon, my bags were packed by the mid of 8th month itself and kept in the bag of my car just in case of an emergency. For you never know, babies have a mind of their own. They might just want to make an exit before you know it. Plan and prepare for your D-Day. It helps and it works. Chapter 10 Normal versus C-Section Stop fretting. Praise yourself. This one is most awaited and perhaps the most critical of all. A C-section is also a normal way of giving birth. It would help if you would read the above line again before going down further. This one is for all those aunties and uncles and random strangers who are somehow deeply concerned and highly impacted with normalia operation. Then, whether the mother and child are hale and hearty. This one is for all those who feel a woman is less worthy if she doesn't deliver the normal way. This one is for all those of you out there who attach some sort of pride and importance in broadcasting to the world if your daughter or your daughter-in-law or your remote relative gave birth the normal way. A C-section is as normal as it can be. And I'm not saying it because I had a C-section. I would have said, even if I had a normal delivery, for that matter, I want to question this very word normal delivery. What does it even mean anyway? Whether we deliver through any medium, as long as the mother and the baby are fine, the delivery is normal, right? Coming back to my story, by the 36th week, when things seemed still status quo and while I was still mentally preparing myself for a normal delivery, my gynecologist directly told me that if by 10th of July the situation remains the same in the last ultrasound, she shall be proceeding for a C-section as it would be difficult to attempt a normal delivery with the baby's head up. 
for someone who was reading numerous articles on dealing with the contractions and labor pain as not pain but simply contractions for someone who was doing yoga each day and practicing breathing techniques every single day this came as a jolt which hit me bad for several days when i got to know my baby was still in a breech position i asked her for every possible mechanism to turn him or her upside down to have a chance of delivery via the normal route to which my doctor simply stated do not force anything upon your body and your baby your baby will come out into this world the way he or she wishes to and that way will be the best for you and your baby both she looked at my perplexed face and said don't take much and smiled once again listening to the above lines with my husband standing alongside me gave me a new fond strength to face the rants and taunts of the gossipers who were about to comment on my capacity to deliver and the allegedly commercial greedy nature of hospitals and the doctors who somehow wanted to operate on every random patient because in our society when you tell your family or friends such news in advance out comes the expected reply big hospital beta we knew that they are going to do a c section only they are fooling you they simply want money take a second opinion sounds familiar been in this territory in our airy desire to show to the world for some reason an achievement of having a normal delivery we forget that ultimately a baby is coming out in the world and both processes are alternate ways for the same to happen perhaps despite so much of education our society is still entangled in the age old concepts that c sex operations are a huge deal they are risky unsafe affect the mother and child both and that the other way is perhaps the best way and only way worth boasting about whenever a child is born we ask two perennial questions one boy or a girl followed by normal or cesec while the first question makes a lot of sense i have always wondered why even the randomest of people whom we don't even know up close and personal are interested to know how the child came into this world isn't it high time these notions and myths are burnt to go away to some fresh ideas and concepts isn't it enough that a healthy baby was born to a healthy mother and both are doing okay we need to realize and accept that one can only keep your body fit for the baby to grow and prosper beyond a point neither me nor anyone can control how he or she wish to enter this world if it was going to be a c section so be it
and I nor anyone could not do anything about it. I can understand the disappointment and the guilt we as first-time mothers feel while telling others we are going to have a C-section or having a C-section. पहला तो नॉर्मल होना चाहिए फर्स्ट बेबी शुड बी बॉर्न बाय अ नॉर्मल डिलीवरी इज ऑल्सो वन ऑफ दोज आर द फेमस लाइन्स गोइंग द राउंड इन आर इंडियन सोसाइटी विच आई हैव हर्ड मैनी टाइम्स ऑपरेशन हैज लॉट ऑफ साइड इफेक्ट्स वॉज ऑल्सो समथिंग आई हैड हर्ड अ लॉट फ्रॉम माई फ्रेंड्स एंड फैमिली मेम्बर्स इन दिस एंटायर प्रेगनेंसी one of the most critical and valuable lesson my friend and big support in particular in this tough time gk taught me was just listen and ignore and don't react it took him a lecture almost each day for me to be able to realize the difference between simply listening to someone and in actually hearing someone but after some time i developed the practice to just listen most importantly to not react to anyone and everyone out there and it helped me a lot though till the fag end we weren't entirely 100% sure a normal delivery wasn't possible as the baby could turn even at the last minute but mentally i had started to prepare myself for a c section once i reached the beginning of the ninth month so to say till now i was only thinking of the benefits and positive results a normal delivery could bring me but now my mind had to do a complete u turn and focus on the benefits of a c section trust me it wasn't so easy enough but most importantly I had the support of my family and my four pillars of strength whom I mentioned in the acknowledgement section who made it look like a cake walk for a person like me who had made it this far so far so good I now began to think the opposite way I was happy of the fact that now I knew my date and day of delivery I didn't go to any astrologer but I was told it will be 11th July and I liked it as the date for my baby's birthday. I was to get admitted in the morning and all I had to do was to get some test done a day before to see if everything is in order. Fortunately for me, I kept going to office till the last moment and on 10th July when it was confirmed that I was going to be operated the next day of afternoon. I decided to visit my office complete my pending work and meet everyone before I proceeded on maternity leave There was nothing to hide in having a C-sec I told everyone in my office about it and quite a few of them were surprised considering I was looking healthy Somehow a C-section is associated with some sort of complication or unhealthy reason isn't it This is another one of those notions we need to come out of. Sometimes it may be so, but let's just be clear that sometimes you may be completely fine and absolutely healthy 
but due to some reasons absolutely beyond your control, you may not be able to deliver the normal way. Let's just accept it. So instead of hiding it from anyone, I was open enough, met everyone, took their blessings, said my goodbyes, actually went for a haircut in the evening and then went home to spend a quiet dinner with my hubby before the D-Day. I certainly knew such dinners were going to be rarity from there on. As for getting operated, I treated it as a normal delivery. And you, my reader, already knows the story of my birth as narrated by me in the beginning of the book itself. I truly believe that is what I feel made me, my story, special and worth telling. Chapter 11 Life After Birth You Are Still Normal Life won't be the same again. Isn't it what we are usually made to feel once we share the news that we are going to enter parenthood? I wish to elaborate on this one to sum up. After giving birth, after going through this long process, we need to understand that our body goes through innumerable changes, physically, mentally and more emotionally as well. It's a rebirth for all of us. I mean the female, as it is commonly said. As for me, though I was physically fine, but emotionally it was an overwhelming experience which took a while to come back to normal too. For the first few weeks, I was unable to develop a bond with my baby due to the sheer fact that I was on medicines and I felt tired and sleepy all the time. And yes, no one prepared me for this either. Luckily with the lactation and feeding sessions, I had less issues and trouble with breastfeeding my newborn. But the airy pain in the lower body post-delivery made me sad and upset the next few days. The difference was, life and my routine had changed drastically and I had to accept it soon enough. What one needs to understand is that, though your body definitely needs one month's rest to cope up with the stress, the operation and the surgery and the lack of sleep coupled with a crying baby, you also need to believe that you are still normal and you shall remain normal only if you decide to feel that way. My first visit to my gynecologist post-delivery and out of the blue, she strongly advised me to start my routine work and strictly told me not to have any sort of a bed rest. You are not sick, she told me blatantly. She instructed me to start my daily walk within one month of my CSEC and told me to resume my routine household work as well. 
You are not sick. She told me blatantly. She instructed me to start my daily walk within one month of my CSEC and told me to resume my routine household work as well. Another of the biggest myths post-delivery which heavily affects us feeling normal is what you eat goes to the baby. And there you are debarred from eating just about anything and everything under the sun. Either it is too hot, too cold, too heavy, too gassy or not good for the baby. Somehow our society has a list of more don'ts than do's which shows the negative mindset ingrained therein. During each visit, my doctor only told me one thing. You are normal. You can eat anything. Just remember, what you can digest, your baby can digest too. What you are eating is not directly becoming milk, you know. It's a process that takes time, is what she would reiterate. Of course, I backed it up with my research and my internet, who was my best buddy by then. But I followed each and every advice strictly as my doctor gave me. And after a few days of restricting myself with a weird diet, I was back to my normal diet accompanied with just extra protein and calcium. I did eat the lattoos which are usually fed to a woman post-delivery simply because they were yummy and I have a sweet tooth. But as for the notion that a woman after delivery particularly a C-section, needs to have some sort of unusual abnormal diet. Think about it again. My doctor even told me to join the gym back after a month if I felt like. But I was not ready by then. I felt and opted for a walk or a run in the park instead. I started my exercise after a month itself and absolutely avoided any sort of bed rest barring the rest my body demanded due to the constant waking up at nights to the feed my baby. Though I was on maternity leave and was away from official duties, I resumed my usual household and market chose pretty soon than was expected. I chose to massage and bathe my baby on my own at home after my delivery and felt no trouble whatsoever in doing the same. It was a daily routine and despite my stitches, I never missed a day. It became a ritual and I believe it helped me develop a bond with my baby in a unique way from the early days itself. Why did I do it? It started as a morning ritual but it helped me feel normal. Luckily, I knew how to drive and for every trivial work, I drove myself and did not depend on anyone to take me. I started going for a walk in the evenings alone with my music as I needed that one hour in a fresh environment alone with myself, away from the 24 by 7 baby feeding and napping sessions. It took some time, but within two to three months, 
my body, my mind and my soul all came in sync. I felt light. My stomach was back in shape. I felt more in union with my baby. I had a C-section like many others. I had no side effects. I was back to my preconception weight within 2 weeks of my delivery. I had no back pain, no stomach pain too. There was no pain in the knees as well. The painkillers and the creams were gone. The stretch marks started to diminish and the stitches also were less visible. Pretty soon, I felt the way my body felt as it was before delivery. A lot of people could not even believe I had just given birth to a baby. Somehow, a woman after birth is thought of as a fat lady with bulging stomach with all sorts of ailments and problems post delivery. It does happen. <laughs> but it isn't the norm. The reason I spoke about myself so much is not to boast about but to make you understand that all this was achieved by a person like me who as i stated before feared pregnancy if i could do it so can you the way is simple i felt and believed in my mind that i am normal was normal and shall remain normal and trust me that is what made all the difference chapter 2 fear of the unknown let me start a bit from the beginning since time immemorial and as far as my brain takes me back I have feared pregnancy literally scared of even the slightest thought of ever going through this process Now that I look back I wonder how could I be so childlike about it But I am sure when I say it there are many out there like me with somewhat similar emotions notions and thoughts on pregnancy let's just say most of us are simply too uncomfortable to say it loud enough that no we don't want kids or we are not ready for it yet who wants to be judged right to top it all consider our indian setup where the basic and most obvious consequence of marriage is of course to give birth to babies no matter how advanced we as a nation become economically and technologically both certain things simply do not change the prime purpose of a woman particularly in our society was is and i guess will remain for some time to come to bring another life into this world though it is another story that it took me some 9 months and more myself to understand how unique special privileged that makes us but as someone who was thoroughly ambitious career oriented 
and self-absorbed for the longest time, I never quite understood why a woman is turned to be complete only after she becomes a mother. It never quite fascinated me and I always believed true love and companionship was enough for me to survive my entire life. I also felt there was so much in this one life to accomplish, as much for a female as for a male and that's why should we simply devote all our time, energy, resources in the upbringing of children? Especially for children who once grown up more often than not tread different paths and who after some time would not even have time for us or would give us the respect, love, care we would expect from them. After all, how much time was I myself giving to my family since I finished college and got occupied in the professional phase? I used to wonder. Adding to that, the sheer burden and huge responsibility of having someone to take care of and worry about 24 bar 7 in addition to the already first child, the husband of course, used to give me nightmares and goosebumps. Some of the fears went like this. My life would never be the same again. My body might not remain as toned and simple as before. My relation with my partner will have a complete turnaround. My career will take a hit come to a halt. My dreams of traveling the world will be procrastinated for forever. My dreams of traveling the world will be procrastinated further. I would never ever have a good night's undisturbed sleep again. This being the most important of all. Phew! The list of my insecurities and fears went on and on. With all these thoughts, I used to feel I was absolutely right in my attitude and approach towards this whole world of pregnancy and motherhood and I'm sure a lot of you reading this also went through or are currently experiencing a similar phase in your life. But all this was merely the cover, perhaps the exterior layer behind the reality. The harsh and bitter truth was I was simply and honestly scared. The real reason did tell. I was so against motherhood and tried to escape from it for as much as I can and for as long as I can was out of the sheer 
trepidation and fear of getting pregnant. You can easily say I was suffering from tocophobia. A word I googled while writing this which simply means a fear of childbirth. I never knew such a term even existed until now. Thanks Google for updating me and adding one more word to my vocabulary. Since school, college, pre and post marriage, this fear was deeply ingrained in my mind. I guess I had too many doubts and apprehensions. For example, how on earth would I cope up with those 9 months of bearing a life inside me? How could I see my body expand and change? With the stretch marks ever fade away? Not to forget the nausea and morning sickness which complicated the first trimester as it was commonly known how could I deal with it? For someone who has been the puking queen and suffers from frequent attacks of migraine for almost a decade i was petrified of how much i could puke in the first 3 months and how could i survive the throbbing pain in my head while my child kicked me from inside and then came the terrifying and daunting word miscarriage It's a completely normal phenomenon and I also believe more often than not it happens for the good. But if a woman suffers from a miscarriage and god forbid it becomes known to even a certain few somehow our society never looks at her the same way. so much is said and done about it then the publicity it deserves high time people accepted it as part of the natural phenomenon and god's plans no one is ready to rather accept it as a part and parcel of the whole deal but the whole truth is it scared me the word itself scared the hell out of me I could not imagine getting pregnant and for some airy uncontrollable reason not being able to finally bring the beautiful life out in this world. For someone already heavy on emotions and feelings it was simply too much for me to handle. Finally the climax the D day giving birth to the child through preferably and most sought after normal delivery process the entire journey seemed too frightening to me let me confess this was the single most dominant factor which made me not want to become a mother at the first place so much has been seen and written about it especially in the movies that i absolutely dreaded going through the pain which came along this as called normal delivery i used to wonder and i still do 
what was so normal about this normal delivery process and why was it called normal at the first place wasn't a c section also a normal way wasn't the child supposed to come out the way which was best suited for her and the mother both if the answer to the above is yes then why is there immense pressure particularly from our elders and possibly all near and dear and definitely the not so dear ones of giving birth the natural normal way not to forget the harsh decision a woman needs to take whether to take or avoid an epidural a painkiller injection given at the time of labor which somehow judges her and her capacity to bear the pain and the contractions that too at a time when all she wants is to get over the ordeal and the baby to come out as many as possible why is taking an epidural a sign of weakness why is opting for a c section termed as a commercial decision by every doctor and hospital possible how will i tell my family including my in-laws that i wish to go for a c section voluntarily if i ever decide to have a child what will they think of me how will i face them with all these thoughts and more you now know how heavily intimidated and nervy a woman i was as far as becoming in motherhood was concerned did i just read out your mind and heart loud to you if the answer to the above is even a part yes then read on this book is definitely for you